What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wednesday Show, brought to you by the Great Girth Podcast and my closet. Sorry, I'm a little excited. So I had to relocate into my fucking closet, but oh my gosh. Hey, it's not bad in here. Um, it's the Great Girth Podcast. Anyway, um, you just brought up a good point right before we started. I read about the article about being less white that had to do with Coca-Cola's, it's like a training module, is that correct? Yeah, so it's Robert D'Angelo's training module. Okay, and who exactly is he? I'm assuming he's somebody important in the Coca-Cola world. No, not in the Coca-Cola world. Robert D'Angelo is like a crazy, like, racial and social justice crazy person. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, white fragility and white guilt. Yeah, I've uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, he's that guy who's like, oh, yeah, um, white people are oppressive and black people have um, a hard uh, time and... Um, Apparently, in one of his things, it says, try to be less white. And he says that white means to be less oppressive. Being less white means being less oppressive, less arrogant, less certain, less defensive, less ignorant, more humble. You need to listen, believe, break with apathy, and break with white solidarity. Um, your mic is definitely muted. You are rice, and that's sir. Um, I muted it because I had to sneeze, so I'm start <laughs> that again. <laughs> um, how'd that even get in there? Like, who the fuck allowed that? That's the real so question. Com- so companies are risk adverse, right? So yeah. So what Coca Cola doesn't want is somebody to feel like they've been. Um, discriminated against because they're black or something and sue them for discrimination. So Coke right. hired Robert D'Angelo to do this stupid freaking presentation so that if someone does try to sue them, they're like, no, 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 no. We had a whole training about this. We're not racist. So they can't get sued. Okay. That makes sense. Cause I was sitting there wondering like, how the fuck is that even like, okay. But I imagine somebody had to look it over though and approve it. It's Robert D'Angelo. It's garbage. Robert D'Angelo is a garbage human being. Robert D'Angelo is an idiot, and Robert D'Angelo built it. So, this is this is the thing Robert D'Angelo does for everybody. This isn't just Coca Cola's thing. People, if you if there's a large company out there, then Robert D'Angelo or the that company has done something like this, or right. is something has she has done something like this. Or she has, or your company has done something with her, or something like it. So, um, yeah. So, like she says that in the U.S., the other Western nations, white people are socialized to feel that they are inherently superior because they are white. Research shows that by age three to four, children understand that it's better to be white. Um, and that's sad as shit. <clears throat> Um, so here's the thing. Who reported it exactly? It was a couple employees, right? Because I didn't yeah. read the full article. Apparently they I took screenshots like the, of it and shared it. They were like, look at this shit. Look at this racist shit. But nobody would take them seriously. So what's going to happen to Coca-Cola? Are they facing any sort of discrimination charges? or No. Is this really. just, oh, come on. Are you fucking serious? Like, it's just getting swept under the rug? Coca-Cola is absolutely... Uh, it says, D'Angelo's training seeks to provide company employees with vocabulary and practices. They need to start confronting racism. They need to start confronting racism and unconscious bias on an individual level and throughout our organization, said Coca-Cola. One of the slides takes things a bit too far, though, urging employees to try to be less white. Um, someone says, um, forgive me for pointing this out. Out the obvious here, but isn't that racist? According to D'Angelo, according to D'Angelo, less white means being less oppressive, less arrogant, less certain, less defensive, less ignorant. Also means being more humble and breaking with white solidarity. 
But what happens if I run a company and I tell people to be less black? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, tables well, you... are turned. Yeah, it's it's really uh, questionable. It's, it's racist. Robert... It's racist. Keep going. Sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. Yeah, and LinkedIn has removed it from its site. and uh, But uh, it's literally just Coca-Cola trying to make sure they can't get sued by Robin D'Angelo's thugs. Which is sad, though. When people, like, give in like that, that's just... Because, because what happens... terrible. Idiots like Robin D'Angelo and her thug army come up and say, hey, you either pay me a couple hundred thousand dollars, like 700,000 bucks, to do this training, or we'll sue you for being racist. And then you'll get boycotts, and then you can't, then you won't be able to sell soda pop, and then you'll have to fire all your workers and go to business. In other words, you won't be able to make a living. We're going to ruin your yep. life unless we have control. Exactly. Yeah, that's the basis for that. Um, if anyone questions it. So what's crazy is I've been seeing all over Facebook that people are praising it. Mostly black. Um, I know that sounds racist, but uh, you can call it what you want. There's a lot of black people out there that are very happy about this, judging by my Facebook. <laughs> Maybe I know <laughs> too many awful people, but uh, according to what I read, too, a lot of people are praising it, saying that it's appropriate and that um, people need to learn that being white is a very evil thing, basically. Which grosses me out even saying that. I'm like, dude, how is this shit okay? Because it wouldn't have been okay to say, be less black. You know what I'm saying? It wouldn't have been okay to say, be less gay. But it's okay when they do it. That's what I'm getting out of this. Between you and I, it's, it's frustrating. Uh, it's just... Yeah, it's it's horrendous and... It's just a power play. It's all about money and power. And unfortunately, people at the top are getting played. Well, not to mention the people at the top. Some of them are just like that as well. I mean, some of these people are literally crazy ass people that have taken over. Like, for example, uh, Hollywood, a lot of their studios are run by liberals and liberal Democrats, leftists, whatever you want to call it. And so they make the rules. And that's how a lot of this stuff happens. Yep, absolutely. But um, cheers to them, because it's not going to stop me from drinking Coca-Cola. Nope, because it's only risk advertisement, and if you got and if you stopped um, patronizing every single company that did one of these stupid trainings, then um, you would be able to shop anywhere. <laughs> well, right. Like, um, so I refuse to give Disney my money. I stopped paying for them a long time ago, but it was numerous things. It's not just that I don't like them. Uh, that's part of it. But if you were to do that with everything, then you couldn't watch anything. Because right. Hulu and Netflix are just as bad, if not worse. And that's the the issue. So, uh, yes, I'm a big believer in don't give someone your money. The problem with that is, though, is when they have a stranglehold over, like, millions of people, you're not really going to stop anything. And you still need entertainment, right? You still need to go to the store. Like, right. I hate I hate Walmart, dude. I've worked there. It sucks. I kind of need groceries, and they're cheap. So yeah, there's a reason we go to Walmart. It's cheaper. I can't afford to go to goddamn Target. Walgreens and Target. Yeah, like you just can't afford that shit. Target's expensive. Even for middle class people, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, the problem is, is people need to be held accountable. So, like, this whole be less white module, I think somebody should be accountable for that. problem is, is you know that they're going to get off the stop rate. Not Coca-Cola, that shitty person you were mentioning. Yeah, Robert D'Angelo's a loser. It's crazy what they let fly. I do think about it more and more, you know? This meme is freaking fantastic, bro. It's, um... It's a picture of some old guy. It's a statue of an old guy with a grill. And he's in like, he's like all grayed out. And it says, RIP to my grandpa. He loved a grill, but he owed Jabba the, he owed money to Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> I know, I'm looking at it right now. That's actually pretty good. I like the one where it's, um, 
It's a literally it's a refrigerator, but it's Han Solo frozen. That one's cool. They sold that for a while in the market. Um, that is a pretty good meme. That's fire. But the problem is, is he's white. He needs to be less white. Be less white. <laughs> As he trains it, he's like, yeah, man, fuck them white people. And he starts drinking the soda. I hate white oh. people so much. Well, I do got to mention this. We have a hater in the house. Oh, hater, uh, hater. I'm going to make him famous. Hold on, COVID's coming. Oh, no, <coughs> COVID, coronavirus. Ah, uh, that Wuhan Weezer. Um, Sean McIntyre, I believe, was the Facebook user's name. I'm only saying it because he's not my friend on Facebook. I don't know who he is, but he most definitely did not like our advertising. So for those of you that are unaware, I recently gave um, Big Tech some of my money <laughs> and allowed them to distribute my uh, link to my podcast. And it's actually oh, helping out very well. Man, they are going to be so upset when they listen. <laughs> uh, they're going to be like, man, fuck that link. Pull it. <laughs> Like they're ever going to hear it until we're famous and then be like, they took advantage of us. But anyway, um, we haven't gotten any like likes or comments yet until today. Granted, this advertisement's only been running for like, this is day two now. No, day three. Um, basically, one person liked it and he gave it like that mad emoji or whatever. When you like something, it's like angry. And then I went and looked at his profile and it had a big ass like, the hell is that called uh god damn it i can't believe i don't remember the name it's from star wars uh millennium falcon what you explain what you're trying to explain here bro that big ass creature that walks on four legs and it's oh, a fucking up on four legs well four legs on it has okay so it looks it looks like a a contraption like a spaceship but it walks Oh, one of the ATST. Okay. Yeah. And that was his uh, cover photo. I was like, oh, this makes sense. He probably heard a Star Wars episode. (laughs) Probably nothing to do with the fact that I advertised it as, hey, are you tired of the PC woke BS? (laughs) (laughs) That's the first thing it says if you look at it. Um, But words getting out. We've had 26 profile clicks. That's pretty good for being a startup. <laughs> Even though we've been around since like September. Um, four of those, no, five of those happen to be women. So five women are appreciating the girth in this podcast. <laughs> the other like 17, whatever it is, are men. And Under, understandable though. Y'all Sorry. are gay for listening to the Great Girth Podcast. Mm-hmm. You all need to come out of the closet. <laughs> Stuck in it like, like I am. People are like, I'm just trying to goddamn freaking support you. Yeah, here roasting uh, me. Which, by the way, to those of you that listen, including the haters, we do support you listening. I appreciate it because that just means that you're giving me viewership. I've said it before, if you're listening to this and you hate me, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> it means the world to me. But uh, aside from that, and aside from a Coke not being white, um, even though cocaine is pretty white, let's talk about something that I've been kind of dying to get to. What is with, um, fuck, I don't know if we talked about this before, but what's going on with, uh, yeah, we did, but I don't, let's get an update on it, uh, masks. So what's going on, Fauci? You're saying we need two, okay. is that being blown out of proportion? Okay, so where that's coming from is um so they said two masks is better than one because what they say is you should wear like one of those N95 masks like one of those crappy masks that like stick to your beer hair and suck yeah uh you said you should wear one of those plus a cloth mask because the the those masks don't really the big blue like N95 masks don't actually like hug your face right so there's like holes on the sides where you can like particles can go out and in. So they're saying put the N95 mask on, then put the cloth mask on because the cloth mask will like hold it tight to your face. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I just I've so been it's not it all over the internet. It's not as insane as it sounds, but it's also kind of like um, 
<laughs> two? I mean, what's next? Two, four? You're already forcing me to wear one. Like, uh, if you're concerned and scared, you'll probably wear at least one. Two is a bit much, if you ask me, because we're already being forced to wear one. And then, like, again, I may be misquoting this, but I could have sworn. I read somewhere that Fauci said to wear them into 2022 or whatever. Yeah, he said we may be wearing masks into 22, and I'm like, no, you thought. Yeah, like, you thought, because look at Florida, dude. I saw a picture from some restaurant got in trouble for, and it said no face uh, no face diapers required, <laughs> all are welcome. And it's all Florida being Florida again. But I was like, good for them, dude. Fuck it. Oh, look my God. These. So, I happened, I just happened to have um, a a window open where I was like just scrolling through old bumper stickers for vans, and right. one of them is Mass Transit, a big Catholic family in a full size. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I wonder if I know my church was doing it, but I wonder if all churches are requiring you to wear masks. I'm pretty sure they have to. Well, yeah, most businesses do if they want to stay uh, especially... open. Yeah, like in the state of Colorado, because they can say that it's not required, but then all it takes is one person to report it. Like, um, uh, I know someone personally, this big fucking idiot who does that for a living. He goes around and reports people, and I've always just told him, like, dude, if this <laughs> were the Holocaust, you're the dude that killed Anne Frank. Like, oh no, you're the reason somebody died. <laughs> um, so I am He's going to purchase. So I have a bumper sticker that I'm going to purchase. Uh oh. Do um, some damage. It says, what is it? If this van's a knock and call the cops, someone stole it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good point. Someone stole it. <laughs> By the way, how's the van going? Uh, the door's fixed. So, everyone who doesn't know, <clears throat> I bought a 1987 Ford Econoline 150 uh, van. And I did take, so I took the wheelchair lift out, but oh, okay. unfortunately the power that went from the, to the wheelchair lift also went to the door. So the oh. power door does not exist anymore. It's now a manual door. Why though? Why'd you do that? Well, uh, cause I needed to take the wheelchair lift out. It was drawing too much of the batteries cause it was some redneck rigged it up and didn't and some redneck. <laughs> so the redneck I bought it from rigged it up wrong and put like a bus one in, so it was pulling way too much electricity from the battery, so it was killing the batteries on the um van and it was also really heavy. The van's already forty five hundred pounds. With that it was almost five thousand pounds. So Oh, okay, that makes sense. I t- save on gas mileage and save Save on wear and tear on the transmission and everything. And so we pulled it out. So we got a manual door. But so, so these rednecks, I'll tell you what. These rednecks, when they put the power door in, they took the closing hardware off the door. Oh, man. They done fucked up. So, so I went to – so I closed the door, and it won't clo- latch because I took the latches off the door. What do you know the how, Do you know how hard it is to find the latches? For a van that's 32 years old, right? it's nearly impossible. I had to check every single junkyard in the entire Denver metro area until I finally found a, a van. He's like, do you know how hard it is to have to outbid everybody and snipe them on eBay for this old ass piece. <laughs> and so I get to so I finally get to the one that has it. I find the van and I walk up and the back sliding door is locked closed. Right. And so I'm like, no! No, I finally found one and it's right here but the door's closed and I'm like shaking the van and trying to pry it open. I'm pissed. I'm like, come on! This is my last chance. And some my- old some some little old Hispanic dude walks in and goes, hold on. And he takes a tennis ball with a little hole cut in it, pushes the tennis ball up against the um, lock, pushes on the ball, 
really hard onto the lock and pops the lock open on the van and just slides the door open and walks off. He's like, don't worry, buddy. I got you. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, thank you so much. You saved my life. I was going to have to kill myself when I get home if I didn't get this door open. Well, we are drinking some Gatorade, man. I'm dehydrated. Uh, fuck. So, now that you have the van in place, there's something I wanted to talk to you about. And it has very much to do with what I wanted to talk about tonight on the podcast. Um, this isn't a political conversation, so it's a little off task. But we are definitely going to the Arnold Estate, which is in Rhode Island. Uh, you can book a tour. It's 125 for one night. Going it's to, the house. Doing the, doing the what? It's called the Arnold Estate. It's the house that the Conjuring movie was based off of. So, uh, you probably haven't seen it, but... Uh, oh, the old Arnold Estate. Okay, yeah. Yeah, there we go. But um, So, basically... These people purchased the house that um, I am saying I don't know if I'm saying her name right. Uh, Andrea or Andrea Perron or per- Perron grew up in, and she wrote a series of books called House of Darkness, House of Light, which were turned into the movie The Conjuring. So anyway, um, the movie came out in 2013. Some people bought the house in 2019, said they experienced like haunted shit, like you know paranormal shit. And they decided to turn it into a like a bed and breakfast and a tour. So like, yeah, literally, you pay 125 to go investigate this house after you've been given a full tour, and you get to stay the night. Only 125 dollars. We're taking that van. We're going all the way out to Rhode Island, and that's what we're doing for my birthday. <laughs> He's like, no, but don't worry. I'll I'll bring the tickets. You bring the Bible. <laughs> Just standing in the corner, just with like the power of Christ. No, dude. I'm... We go in there, awesome, bro. I don't think we're welcome here. We should probably go, like right now. <laughs> no, I want to go because um, I've been thinking about some shit that happened to me when I was a kid. Um, paranormal shit. I don't know about you, but I've experienced some real life ghost encounters. And like I said, this is not a Wednesday show topic, so let's plow through this in the next couple minutes. Um, I kind of grew up in a haunted house, like a real life tormented fucking house. So it got me thinking, dude, I want to go revisit those tragic PTSD wounds <laughs> by going to this famous house. <laughs> nah, um, I just looked at it and I was like, that looks cool. I didn't know that somebody actually bought, I didn't even know there was a fucking house. I thought the movie was made up and it turns out it was based on a event where the girl claimed that's what happened to her. So we don't have any physical evidence other than footage of people being lifted out of their chair and thrown and interviews and all, all the uh, famous shit behind it. So the, but so because the, I'm a big believer, the but, drive to this place is 28 hours. It's 28 hours. Okay. We'll stay at a hotel on the way. It's 1,900. It's one. It's, it's 2000 miles away. Fuck it. We'll fly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We'll take the van in case we get scared. We can go back in the van, like fuck the house, <laughs> dude. I think it'd be so cool just to go screw around in the dark. But then I think about it more and more. I'm like, ah, I just rather go to a haunted house attraction and go have fun there. I'm about to say, if we want to go look at haunted stuff, we got haunted stuff here in Colorado. No, oh, I know, like Riverdale Road. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we have to tell this story. Okay, so Tony and Aaron are sitting here, and they are so psyched up. And they are so pumped to go to this road called Riverdale Road, which is a pseudo-haunted place where they say that, like, people driving, and they say they see other cars, and they just crash off the side of the road. Realistically, there's no streetlights on this road, and the road swerves back and forth like an S, and so people just see their reflection off the, uh, see their headlight reflecting off the turns things and they swerve really hard to think and they swerve off the side of the road so we are on the side of this riverdale road and tony and aaron are knee deep in their balls deep in the woods and all you hear them talking and we're like they're gonna they're gonna get lost and we're gonna try to find them it's gonna be so horrendous 
I fell on like a pit of mud, dude. It was yeah. so gross. So, so I'm sitting here listening. All of a sudden, you hear Tony go, uh, uh. And I go, oh, Tony fell down. Oh, no. I tumbled, dude. I did a front flip and everything. It sucked. I was so drunk. <laughs> and we keep seeing like this white figure above us. So here's how drunk we were. When we got to that dried up lake, because remember, there's the regular lake. And then there's the dried up one, which is like right there where the road yeah. is, where it meets the end or the curb or whatever. But it's big, dude. It would take like uh, probably like ten minutes to walk across. Yeah, it's but it's like, a little. It's a it's a big old holding pond for um, reserve runoff. Right. Yeah. Like there's nothing there now, and we walked through all that, fell through that tar pit, fucking made it across the ditch, and we're in what used to be the lake. And me and Aaron are so drunk, we're like, dude, this is where the mansion burned down. Look at that bark right there. It's perfect. Nothing's touched it. It's been preserved. Nobody else has been out here. Like, they're sitting here walking around, and they're like, I smell something burning. I was like, guys, because that's where hobos are. They probably just had a campfire. <laughs> they were roasting marshmallows over there. They're like, no, no, it's where the house burned down. We can smell the ghost fire. <laughs> and I'm dude, like, it's so they're they're pushing forward. They're pushing forward, and Tony and Eris are going. I see something. I see something. We and thought so it was I, a ghost. So I follow him in, and I'm, there's a freaking tent with a bunch of homeless people in it. And I'm like, Tony, Aaron, we gotta go. We're gonna get stabbed. So much about <laughs> getting haunted. We're gonna get stabbed in the gut. Uh, haunted that place was scary. When we fucking when we finally walked out of there, which was weird, we went all the way through that creek just to get back up to where we were. And then walk, like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes up to the edge of the road to walk to the car in, like, five. I don't know why it took us a half hour to get to that one spot and then five minutes to get back. We went in, like, a weird circle. But anyway, when we're walking back, I start pulling out, like, uh, stickers and shit and my socks. It was pissing me off, dude. I ended up coming home having to throw those jeans away, throw those shoes away, lost my hat. I was so drunk. Aaron went back the next day and he was like, dude, this place sucks. And I was like, yeah, I know. We were just drunk. But um, legend has it, there are plenty of uh, hauntings there. So what we were looking for was where the mansion uh, that used to belong to, I don't remember who, I'd have to look it up. But there's a mansion that used to be on that in that area where the park is now. And that's what started this whole um, Riverdale haunting. It was called the Gates of Hell. Well, the mansion burned down, and there's no official record of it burning down other than the police responded to it. And this was early 1900s. Right. Well, anyway, that's what we're looking for, and we thought we found it, but we just really were in the whole area where it was built. And mind you, again, this was an early 1900s, so there's been no sign of house there since it burnt. It's been a crisp ever since. <laughs> That's been rebuilt on, but anyway, there's that's what started the whole Riverdale Road is haunted, and then the other stuff was in the seventies. There's a urban legend about somebody crashing their white uh, Ford Mustang on the side of the road, and ever since the seventies, when that story was created, people say that you can see that Mustang driving every now and then in the middle of the night, and it chases you and tries to race you and shit. That's one urban legend. Another is the lady in white, which is like a woman whose baby is dead, but she's strolling him in a carriage or she's uh, got him in a carriage and she goes across the road and you almost hit her and shit. And she asks to get into your car and you drive a woman who's dead basically around another tale. And it's, a and it's actually just a crackhead that lives down there with a shopping cart. <laughs> One of those old shopping carts from a store that doesn't exist yeah. anymore. From like, she's got like a dollar general cart. That she uh -huh, put blankets stuck. inside. I don't know if you ever remember this, but there used to be a store where uh, the shopping center for Thornton is. Um, it's called the Thornton Town Center. It used to be, it's a Walmart, but it used to be called Biggs. It was a big-ass store, dude. It had multiple, so it was a mall. Right. Yeah, I've seen shopping carts from Biggs pop up at, like, thrift stores and shit. I'm like, whoa. You're like, insane. oh, my God, nostalgia. Oh, dude, it brings back painful memories. Last time um, I was there, I got lost. I couldn't find my mom. Dude, it was weird. <laughs> it used to be a mall. So, like, the movie theater is still there next to Gordman's. Before they closed Biggs down, it was literally a whole shopping outlet. And then outside of that, there was, like, a digital 
fucking CD and radio store. There was an arcade. There was a carousel, a haunted house attraction. It was a big-ass mall, basically. But they ended up knocking some of it down. They connected Gordman's, Home Depot, and all that together. And what you have there is what stands now, which is depressing to me. But um, besides that, another story. Robin D'Angelo sitting at home, like, triangulating our location so she could shoot us. She's like, they are not listening to me. I said, be less white. (laughs) Be black. Not be more uptight. Fuck, this closet's uncomfortable. Um, do you have a chair in there? Are you just chilling on the floor? I'm chilling on the floor against a dirty pile of like clothes that haven't been washed in months. I don't even know where these clothes came from. Sure as hell, they ain't mine or my wife's. Tony's like, it smells like meth in here. Yeah, dude. It, no, it smells like me in here now because it's so hot in here. That light is like fucking burning down on me. No, it's but- like being in the Sahara Desert. Anyway. But in conclusion, the, the, the mission to Riverdale Road ended with Tony falling flat in his face, and yes. Tony and Aaron almost getting stabbed by a homeless person. Yeah, all I can say is the night I spent drinking and getting lost on the side of the road was much scarier than the night that people made up those urban legends for and, that road. And Tony also lost his favorite hat, so oof. Yes, that pissed me off, too. I'm pretty sure I lost it at a gas station or McDonald's when we... Stopping the way because I was hungry. I almost scared to you, like, set it on top of the truck. And we drove off. <laughs> but, uh, okay. Um, let's go to... Let's move on to something political. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Oh, wow. These are my daughter's clothes, and they're clean. <laughs> I just sniffed them. They smell like Tide Pods. Oh, um, shoot. Anyway. I know she's going to be pissed. Like, my daddy ruined my clothes. Uh, dude, this is actually comfy now. So let's get political again. I feel like we got off topic, but that was my fault. I just wanted to talk about scary shit because I've been inspired. Um, shit, politics are scary too. But to be honest with you, I have nothing politically to add except for I want to know about one thing. Why in the hell are we talking about canceling shows because they don't follow leftist agendas? We've had this conversation before, but let's revisit it. Why do we live in a society where we have to go one way instead of the other? We live in, in a I society, think to... man. Batman. <laughs> we live in a society. You still haven't seen that trailer yet, have you? No, I still have not. He's like, I don't plan on seeing it, so stop asking. <laughs> but, um, okay, here's what I'm getting at. I feel like my generation, yours, we're pretty much the same in age. I'm a few years older than you, but we come from the same generation. I feel like our generation definitely didn't learn anything important. We were kind of brainwashed. But this happens to every generation. Ours just happens to have our uh, parents, their generation, kind of instilled all that in us. I'm not blaming them for us being stupid. I'm blaming them for being the reason that we have all these ideas in our head that everybody needs to be equal. We should have a trophy. Um, Basically, it's not okay to live like, oh, yeah, I earned my money, so it's mine. I shouldn't have to share. I'm blaming them for that. What I'm saying is, is I think we're like that because of the fact that they were kind of given that in those early stages. Like, you know, the 60s and 70s when they had all the protests that were for shit that was important, unlike today. What do you think about the matter, though? I mean, where do you think this all started, this big division in our country where we're literally so close, like that fucking close to a socialist society? Um, I think it has been the fact that I think what's driven it is the fact that conservatives have refuse to engage themselves in cultural and other major pillars of society because what's happened for so long is that like kids in school are they're liberals and when they get into college they become liberals and as they get older and they get jobs and they pay taxes society kind of turns you into a conservative right right but now what's going on is that the private sector and all these people who are in charge of these big institutions 
they're not molding people into um, conservatives anymore. And right. there's been a lot of fake conservatism, and it's kind of pissed a lot of people off. And honestly, the boomers, I'm sorry, boomers, but y'all suck, and this is a lot your fault, okay? Let's hear this, though, because like I said, I wasn't trying to blame them for anything specifically, except for being the generation that got fucked like we did, and then instilling it in us. Well, what well, did... What? What's what going would on? you say is the boomers' fault? The, the boomers are the ones that gave us all, gave everybody freaking um, participation trophies, and then complained oh, right, right. when other people, and they complained when people got them. Um, well, yeah, they definitely raised a bunch of spoiled brats, and that's the um, truth because a lot of parents you've seen it don't know how to deal with kids that are bad. Like they just stop disciplining them. Right, and the worst part of all of it is that um, boomers blew up the national debt. They um, took out a bunch of loans. They inc- they increased government intervention into colleges and universities and schooling and blew up the cost of schooling. They have uh, they have put growth limits and cap limits and construction limits on house building in certain areas and. Um, brought in into and brought in a whole swath of things that have happened, especially in these bigger cities, these bigger communities, where they brought in these regulations and they've brought in these things that were supposed to make the make the houses that they owned better. They they, they did they made their houses better, but the uh, but what they didn't think was the house down the street when when the greatest generation dies. And now it's just now it's just millennials trying to buy houses. Sure, you artificially inflated the housing market, right? But now no one can buy a house anymore. No one can afford to buy a house. No one can afford to live in big cities. There's a giant evacuation of big cities, which leads to giant um, pitfalls in these cities, which slums the economy. And so, what you see, what you're seeing a lot is, is a lot. I, I I hate to blame people, other generations before for the problems because I think you can still make it if you try if you work hard enough. Well, yeah, but if you just take accountability. It's blatantly, it, it's not only stupid but um, ignorant to say that our the generation before our the generation before yours because I. I'm I'm barely a millennial, so the generation before ours had to work far less hard than we do, and the generation before the generation before ours, the baby boomers, had to work far less hard for the same amount of wealth and prosperity that we do. Mm, I mean, it depends what job you're talking about, like market wise, because like. It's it's across, it's across the entire spectrum. Housing prices have gone up. Cost of living has gone up. All these things have gone up, but average but medium household income has not gone up the same rate. In fact, medium household income has been almost steady since the um since the late seventies. While housing prices have skyrocketed. Oh, excuse it's, me. It's the old it's the old chicken wing economics. Chicken wing economics is you used to be able to, when the minimum wage was uh, $5.50, you could go get a plate of chicken wings for $5.58. Yeah, but the cost of living went up because everyone was demanding more money from income. Now, I mean, that, that's part of it. How much does an order of chicken wings cost for one person? I don't know. I mean, like 10 bucks. I don't eat chicken. Well, I mean, I do, but not from. You're, you're looking like $15, $16. Uh, damn. And the but the minimum wage is ten dollars. I'm no proponent to raising the minimum wage. I'm not. I think the minimum wage actually causes people to lose jobs far more than it actually helps people gain jobs. And those well, that get to keep to something to live off of, and, and those that keep their job with minimum wage can't afford the stuff because cost rises with it. 
what we need to do, uh, what the government needs to do, and what we as communities need to do, figure out ways to ensure that inflation is not outpacing what our young people can earn. We need to figure out ways to lower housing prices, to lower costs of living, and not continually increase it by increasing the price of people's electricity bills because you like wind energy or increasing um, the price of housing because you want to put percentage cap limits on on um, on communities. Like Lakewood, Colorado, passed a 1% cap increase. You know what happens when the city puts in a cap increase? What? That, Max, that sets a cap on how many new houses can be built in Lakewood. So, just because there's not new houses being built doesn't mean people are going to stop coming. So now what you're doing is you're artificially capping the supply and artificially pumping up the demand, which increases pricing on houses exponentially in Lakewood. That's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. The exact opposite. And I understand developers and city managers and city councils, they're worried about, oh, if we grow too fast, how can we continue to like pave roads and meet energy demand and all this stuff? Those are problems that are solvable without skyrocketing the cost of your um, housing. Okay, well, then why do they make the cost of your housing skyrocket? Like, What's the purpose and driving that up? It's it's a um, it's not that's not the purpose of what they're doing. They're doing it for other reasons, but that's a byproduct. Well, so, would so you say, say it's? Go ahead. So say in Lakewood we have ten houses. In our we're gonna make a, a little city called Girthopolis. Okay. All right. In Girthopolis we have ten houses right now. I'd live there. We are going to uh, a developer comes to us and says we want to we want to build fifty five extra houses so we'd have sixty five houses in Girthopolis. That's that sounds good. That means we could have fifty five new residents come into Girthopolis, right? And that's right. a new base of taxpayers. We could make more money. But then the question comes now, in the course of months, now we have to come up with enough electricity to supply. For that many people, actually more people, pave those roads, build those parks, maintain those parks. So it's a lot of money right up front to do it. But those 55 people that want to come, it's usually 45 come in, buy those houses, and then we have 55 people and five houses for or 10 houses for sale, and that's how we sit. And those 10 houses for sale are are, are yes, they are a draw on taxpayer money, but that. Because there's those 10 houses for sale, any of these other 55 houses that we have over here that go on sale are going to be at a lower market value, and people can buy them faster because there's less demand. It's supply and demand. Now, say at Girthopolis, a developer comes in and says, we want to build 55 houses. We have 40 people who want to come join. We want, or we have 45 people who want to come live in Girthopolis. We're going to build 55,000 houses. And we tell them, no, you can only build 25. Now, those fifty, those 45 people who want to come live, plus the 10 that already live there who want a better house, plus the 10 that are considering moving to Girthopolis, are now fighting over 25 houses. Lower demand, or higher demand, lower supply, those houses skyrocket in price. Right. Sure, we could pave the roads better, we could supply electricity better, and it's less draw on taxpayer dollars, because there's going to be less empty houses, and there's going to be less need for parks and water and sewage and everything. But also, it makes the houses unaffordable, except for a certain type of people, which are people making six-figure incomes at a minimum. All right. Which, that's kind of what it takes, unfortunately, to live in a house these days. It's unfair, in my opinion, but... But you look... But it doesn't have to be that way. Because if you look at Brighton, where Brighton doesn't have cap increases, Greg Mills is a solid mayor up there who said no to cap increases, and they're just letting developers build and build and build. They're just putting clauses in there. They say, hey, 
build this many houses, you need to pave this many roads, run this much sewer line, run this much electrical line, then you can build these houses. Because that's what they're going to do. They got that's what they have to do. They want to make money. They got to do it. So Brighton is building houses out the wazoo, and look at the um, difference in how cost between Brighton and Lakewood, or even Brighton and Golden, where cap graphs are really popular. It's city councils artificially inflating the price because they're scared of their city growing too fast. Right. And that's been happening in Detroit and New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco and Houston and these big cities all over in these Denver, in these metro areas, these big cities all over the country. And it's making housing unaffordable for people. True, true. I guess I could see that. My thing is, if you want a good, if you want to be able to live in a house, you got to get a better job, as opposed to minimum wage and living like a job like I have. Hey, Tony, but if you don't have minimum wage, minimum wage in Denver is eleven fifty, right? I think it's more than that now. Let's go. Let's go eleven fifty. Eleven fifty. Like I see what you're saying, but we definitely. So here's the way I see it: the generation before us worked harder than we did, we have to work more jobs than they did. And that's because of the fact that, yes, a house, like, dude, we'll never own a house unless we make like what you just said, the six figure. That's shitty, though, because my mom, for instance, didn't have to make six, six figures on a house. That's why I'm like, wait a minute, how come how come uh, they didn't need another roommate? How come they didn't have to work off like a couple jobs because there let's be honest there were people in our you know our older generation that were able to make it with a decent paying job whereas literally in the state we're in like we have to fucking make good money that's what i'm curious about but at the same time i'm also like well don't rely on minimum wage okay so in 1950 the minimum wage was 75 cents an hour okay God damn. So 75 cents times 40. That's fucking terrible. Times 56. Can you imagine that? I made $6. That is $1,680 a year, okay? Ah. You're making a minimum wage. But we're going to look at the average income a year in 1950. was $3,216 a year, right? Okay. Okay, so uh, average home cost in 1950 was $7,000. So it would take two years, two years of spending everything, all of your income on a house. Right. On your, uh, if you said the only thing you spent was on your house, two years of work. Minimum wage, minimum wage. Now, the minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. Average home cost in U.S. The average home cost right now is $175,000. Average salary in America is forty-two grand. So you would need to spend nothing but your um nothing but your full salary for four years before you could afford a house compared to in nineteen fifty where it was two. So then what changed? Like why did the prices go up? Because housing prices have not scaled with wages. Because wages have gone up very quickly. Wages Mm. are exploding. It's good, fine, blah, blah. But housing housing prices have been artificially pumped up by... Have been artificially pumped up by city councils and groups that um, they're... By putting these growth caps and there's a whole list of things that they've added to them and made them inaccessible. Okay, that, I see what you're saying. 
and that and keep in mind also that that average home cost of forty one thousand dollars mm-hmm. includes mobile homes, people that are ten grand. Jesus Christ! The, it, the it's more expensive to live in a mobile home than it is an apartment. It seems. Uh, yeah, because you have to pay for your um, mobile home and you have to par- pay for the property that you have a parked on. But you know, um, that's probably one of the cheapest ways to live. Right, maybe in the long run it is because if you think about it, like an average person, the cheapest rent is like what between eleven and fourteen hundred or whatever. So that's how much a year that they could have saved. That's fucking crazy. I didn't. So, how's minimum wage still at seven dollars? That is fucking nuts. That's the national minimum wage. Well, minimum yeah, it's not like like Denver. I'm pretty Denver. sure is like twelve or thirteen. Minimum wage in Denver is twelve dollars and eighty two eighty five cents. Okay, that makes sense. So let's go. Average home cost Denver. Average home cost in Denver is five hundred and forty thousand dollars. A minimum wage is twelve eighty five. Well, back then and now, you still couldn't live off of McDonald's. You um, back so, then you, you could know. buy. Back then you could afford to buy a house. On minimum wage in 1950. In 1950, imagine how hard you had to work, though. Uh, minimum wage, 40 hours a week, minimum wage. Really? Yep. Um, so that's five that five hundred fourteen bucks a week times 52. Um, you're making 26 grand a year, so you would need 26 divided by 540 thousand dollars oops five hundred and forty thousand dollars divided by twenty six thousand bucks you would have to you would have to save up and spend nothing but your entire paycheck for twenty years in a row in order to afford to buy a house to buy a house on minimum wage 20 years, 20 years, opposed to, opposed to in 1950, where two years. Well, hold on. Do you believe that minimum wage is something you're supposed to, you can live off of though? Like, because it wasn't meant to be something like this. It's an no level position. I don't think you should be able to. I don't. I. I don't believe that minimum wage is something that you'll be able to live off of. I don't think right. that minimum wage should be raised. Should be raised. I don't. I don't like minimum wage. I think it costs people their jobs, and it just raises the right. prices of things. The market, yeah. you, your employer, and the market decide what your labor is worth. And if your labor is is assessed by you, the market, and your boss at slower than what you should be able to live at, get a different skill so that you can um, that the that the market, your boss, and you both agree is worth the amount you need to live. Right. But it is irresponsible to pretend like the, the person with the same cell skill set, not. Not the same skill set of like they both can work in a steel mill. Yeah, I mean same level of skill set. Flipping burgers to flipping burgers, um, working in a steel mill or working in a meat processing plant. Use comparable things. Those people could still work the same amount of hours, the same amount of time, and still afford the same amount of luxury. Right. Because they can't. Because of horrible. Because of really bad um, city policies that have it, it massively increased the home prices, making it where it used to be a the American steadfast dream is you get older, you get married, you buy a house for a Let's mass keep it alive, damn it. for a mass majority of people owning a house is not even in their foreseeable future, let alone their future at all. 
home ownership has not become a has not is no longer a showing of stability or of normalcy. It's now a class. It's now a status symbol of owning a house. It's now a status symbol instead of the median that everybody strides to. And yeah. frankly, that's the sad. I think that's the saddest part of our of the way America is right now is that the best investment for your future is buying a house and the fact that 40-something percent of everyone in the country now can't purchase a home right. is, I think, a mistake. And the only way we're going to fix it is by getting government out of these stupid garbage processes. Well, yeah, let's uh, change. Let's make some changes, if you know what I'm saying. Well, that, well, also, that got really deep <laughs> and depressing. No, a little bit. It did. Like, here's the thing. I don't. So I don't feel bad for people either, though, because especially my generation, dude, they are really lazy. They work more jobs. I just I don't believe that they work as hard as. Like my parents did. And they would rather live in an apartment. Which to me that's depressing. But you know what? Teach their own. Because there's nothing wrong with wanting to live in an apartment. Let me restate that to anyone listening. There is nothing wrong with wanting to live in an apartment. Yeah, I'm just saying that. You know. Because people don't want a house. They really don't. Yeah. If you and don't want to own a house. Cool. That's up to you. Right. But I want to own a house. You know what I mean? Like I'm just like dude. I, I'm that person that I'm like you should strive for more. You really shouldn't settle unless you're happy. And I'm sorry, but people that are barely able to pay rent and working a shit job from the burgers are not happy. You cannot tell me you love that. You know what I'm saying? But it feels like people my age are like content with that because to them that's hard work. And I'm like, eh, okay. Uh, let's, get, let's get something real clear. You can love flipping burgers. Well... If you have Down syndrome, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're gonna get in so much trouble for that last remark, by the way. Well, I'll I'll take the hit. I'm the one that said it. No, um, you can love no... you can love flipping burgers, but you better find a job you like better soon, because those robots are coming to flip them patties. Yeah, that's what happens when people beg for more money. Company, because here's the thing: I see both sides. I totally get what you're saying, but if I'm the owner of the company and I decide I only want to spend this much. That's my doing. I can just hire new people. Yeah, you know that's why I'm like I get both sides. And and, and, and I'm not and I'm not arguing for a raising minimum wage. Oh right, right. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean I didn't mean to make it sound like I was saying you were. I was just right because I'm, I'm dumb, dude. I have to have you explain this shit to me. But like, I'm just saying like I totally get both sides because I'm one of those people. My dad like instilled it in me that it's not okay to put a gun to someone's head and demand them they give you their money that they worked for and you didn't right especially if you did work for it but they had told you how much it was going to be what your worth is where you can make a change is when you're in the company that's saying this is what your worth is and you feel that you should be worth more then go get more i do more you know what i mean and you do not have to make minimum wage flipping burgers people if you are working at mcdonald's gas station no 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 no. i'm saying if you work at mcdonald's or you a wendy's or a place you better not be getting paid minimum wage. You better not be. Well, I, they pay more now. I know that. I as, I, as a 16-year-old kid, walked into Wendy's and was paid minimum wage for one month. I then went, right. to, my, went to my boss and said, hey, you saw how good I work. You saw how hard I work. I'm not working here for minimum wage anymore. Give me a $1.50 raise. And they gave me a $1.50 raise. Well, right. And here's the thing, too. You can still make a living working at McDonald's by not working in the restaurant. You can make a career out of starting out in the restaurant. Hey, and being a being being a manager at McDonald's is a crazy good lucrative job. I well, mean, yeah, it leads to things like administration. I have a HR, buddy, you know, I have a buddy who is an assistant general manager at McDonald's, and he makes eighty thousand dollars a year, right? With free meals, yeah, twice exactly. a day. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying that it's wrong to work at McDonald's. I'm saying that it's wrong yeah. to stay in a position forever. Like, um, You should not be 
a crew member at McDonald's for more than six months. You heard it from me. If you are, you either A, need to get out of that job because there's no room for growth, or B, you need to start doing a little bit more work. If you got time to lean, you got time to clean, mother trucker. So get to work. <laughs> or B, get out of there because they don't ref- because they don't respect you. And yes. you can get a job at another place and with experience, show you have the experience, make a little bit more money, go in, show the work ethic, and then get an assistant manager role because guys, these managerial roles are so easy. There's five at each location, five yeah. shift leads at every location, and there's constant turnover. Becoming a shift lead and it comes with a two to it comes with a three to three and a half dollar an hour raise. And just being a shift lead. Making 18, 19 bucks an hour. Let's do that math really quickly. I know we're almost out of time. Eighteen dollars an hour times forty times fifty-two is f- almost forty grand a year. You could live on forty grand a year. It'll 100%. be it'll be tough. You're not going to be rolling a dough, but you could do it. So that just means. Now, if you're listening right now and you feel like you're lost right now, uh, you feel like you're struggling, you're swimming in a, a, a debt, and you're stuck, especially with student loans, remember there's a way out. And the way out is you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You just have to work harder than everybody else. Outwork everybody, and people will respect it. And even the people who you don't think are recognizing it do. Take it from a person who managed restaurants before he left for love of God. Thank Jesus. All right. And that's what I, that's what I was getting at. Cause I didn't want people to think I was saying that working at a fast food joint is bad. Cause not right. necessarily it, it leads to progress. I was more saying like, you shouldn't, yeah, you shouldn't be a crew member all your life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and same people, with security, you shouldn't be a security guard your whole life. We managers of restaurants, we see everything. And when I say everything, I mean we see everything. So if you're working, even when you don't think people are watching, people see it. And you people recognize the hard work, and you'll get those promotions, and you'll make that extra money. And and that $40, that 40 grand a year that you're making as an assistant, at a, as a shift lead at a restaurant like this, you're also getting bonuses if you're working your butt off but next you get in and now you're working a now you're working as an assistant general manager those are pretty easy to get now you're making 20 21 dollars an hour times 52 that's almost 50 almost forty five thousand dollars a year now we're legitimately talking about being able to live and live comfortably, especially if you have a spouse who also works and is pulling around that. Then you're making almost a th- hundred grand a year. Pretty much. I mean, really all it takes is taking the extra step and making more skills for yourself so you can make yourself more valuable to a company. But that being said, I'm definitely not going to be valuable to my company. If I'm like walking around half the way. <laughs> so we are cutting it on time and I definitely got to go to bed. So my manager can notice me. <laughs> Otherwise, um, damn, that was, that was progress right there. That was pretty good. Uh, I don't have anything else to add unless there's anything you want to hit the people with. Nope. Just, just remember that work hard. You'll, 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 you'll get your way there. If you're in high school, you're listening to this. Screw getting a degree. Go get it in. Go get an apprenticeship somewhere. Go, work, yes. go get an apprenticeship with like an electrician or something. You'll make a hundred grand in your like third year or something like that. So, right, exactly. You don't have to just go to college to do good. You can do good in many places. Otherwise, folks, um, thank you for listening. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, all of the social media sites to control your mind. You could definitely go control your mind with some of our shit. Um, otherwise check us out at www.thegreatgirthpodcast.com again people that is www.thegreatgirthpodcast.com I am Tony that is my buddy Austin Austin, be less white yes definitely be less white and hope to God 
that you aren't seen as a racist. <laughs> Austin, I'll see you on Sunday, man. Adios. Later, bro.